tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by RevengeTheFans.com. We finish Arnold Action Month with perhaps the biggest bomb of bomb. his career. Bomb! Gone! <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin. It is truly a stinker. Classic. So let's hit the intro and we'll get right into it. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Hops and Box Office Flops. I am your host, the Thunderous Wizard, along with... Master Dick. A.K.A. the Irate Lover. A.K.A. Feminine Wiles. <laughs> so uh, a lot of great names we could pull from this movie to be our pseudonyms. I, I really feel like Batman and Robin was the only natural way to end Arnold Action Month because... It ended his career? If I started it with Batman and Robin, I don't think I would have made it to the end. It would have been really hard to watch other Arnold movies. So before we get into the real questions, I do have a starter. Was it difficult watching the movie as I softly sobbed in the corner? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Thunder and I watched this together, and the look on his face was, uh, I don't know, like a kid finding out Santa Claus isn't real. I threw my hands up in just dismay over ten times. (laughs) It It was fantastic to watch. Yeah, so Batman and Robin came out in 1997. It was the sequel to Batman Forever, so it's the second of the Joel Schumacher movies. Uh, With 86 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 10%, and I think that's too high. Yeah, that was, uh, well, again, I think Cocktail's at 5%, and I love that movie. This is not twice as good as Cocktail. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of movies I like that fall on anywhere on the spectrum of Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is sort of a dumb way to look at movies. But, like, this is not 17% worse than Batman versus Superman. If this was 10%, <laughs> you got to jack up Batman versus Superman just a, just a little bit. The, the gut-wrenching moment for me happened pretty early in the watching when, uh, as the dinosaur broke apart in the museum, thunder yells, Why did it roar? <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's literally, it's a museum dinosaur, and it audibly moans when Mr. Freeze ushers back in the Ice Age. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! The Iceman cometh, Batman! Man, there, I I can't wait for all your research. There has to be some great stories for There's this. actually a lot, and the, the funny thing is, a lot of the movies we do, or at least 50% of them, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that result in the movie being a disaster, and that's not the case here. Like, it was shot. It was delivered on time. I think they finished it two weeks early. It came in on budget. There's no, like, behind-the-scenes fighting or any of that stuff. It is just a turd. That's unfortunate that there were no excuses for this. No, and actually, I'll link to an article in the Twitter, at Hops and B.O. Flops, uh, later uh, after the show, as I do with every episode, where I kind of put in a bunch of the things that we, we talked about throughout the episode. But... They did a 20-year retrospective on the film uh, in The Hollywood Reporter, and Joel Schumacher has r- literally no excuses. He's, you know, it just it sucks that it happened this way. He doesn't have an excuse for why it didn't work. 
And looking back, maybe they should have made a movie that wasn't just trying to sell stupid toys. It's tough because it's sandwiched between Burton's Batman and Nolan's. And I mean, those two are so much darker. This is just like, I don't know. It's almost like a kid's movie. It is a kid's movie, but at the same time, why does it open with a close-up of Batman's crotch and ass? Well, those montages <laughs> are so bizarre. <laughs> Guess it depends on what you're, what you want to show your kids. It's like, hey, kids, you know what you should see right now? A rubber dick. Hey, here's nipples and a cod piece. Get after it, kids. <laughs> you, know gonna, what, you know what the kids ru- want? They want more zoomids on rubber crotches. <laughs> Market research. Hey, they grow up fast sometimes. Uh, yeah. So, it uh, costs 125 million. It only grossed 107 million domestically. That's a big budget for 97. It's a huge budget. What is there anything in that range you can think of? What did Jurassic Park cost? So, was, remember when we did uh, Last Action Hero? Supposedly that movie cost 65 million. So that was only four years before this, and that was apparently the most expensive movie at the time. So for the wow. budget to jump another 60 in just four years, like we're starting to get into gigantic blockbusters, spend thrifty, where's the money going territory. So they doubled it. Well, to be fair, they doubled it. And um, the caliber of actor they brought in for this one, Alicia Silverstone, George Clooney, Uma Thurman, the veiny guy that played Bane. That's probably where most of the money went. So Arnold was the biggest star in the movie at the time by far. He got top billing. Yeah, he gets top billing over Batman. Uh, Clooney was doing ER, so he was like on the cusp of being a, a superstar. And this movie kind of led him to be a player in Hollywood, I guess. So even though he hates the movie, apparently, he credits it with boosting his career. I'm guessing if we look at his IMDb, he got pretty picky about his roles after this one. Uh, maybe he t- started reading scripts. <laughs> Just a hunch. I don't know. Because this movie is, there's really nothing to it aside from bad one-liners. There's no, like, the plot is so paper thin and all over the place. It's just a mess from start to finish. Yeah, it's just, all right, here's some characters. Here's some stuff they're doing. And here's the end of the movie. That's how it Oh, Commissioner Gordon, how should he show up? Oh, we'll just have him call Batman's cell phone. The bat signal almost never comes into play in this movie, except for at the very end. When it gets destroyed. When it gets destroyed and becomes the Robin symbol. And <laughs> one of the plot points is Robin's really mad that he th- that Batman feels that Poison Ivy would rather sleep with him than Robin, which is not the case at all because Batman somehow becomes immune to her pheromones quite early. Big fan of her just trying to get a menage on with Batman and Robin. There has to be a porn parody of this movie. Yeah. I'm sure there is. <laughs> uh, it's somewhere out there. And it's probably actually better than this movie. <laughs> at, some, at some point, uh, smaller budget for sure, we're going to have to do what the porn parody puns would be. Sorry about that alliteration. but uh, I mean, there's, <laughs> the, <laughs> the amount of puns in this movie, oh, yeah, we could come up with many. Just the tip of the iceberg? Just. <laughs> I wish I had more. We'll just, I guess, stop there. Uh, so this was Joel Schumacher, as we said. Now, he directed, like, legitimately good movies throughout his career. Like, uh, the two Batman movies notwithstanding, you know, he did The Client. He did Time to Kill. He did Falling Down, Flatliners. 
uh, St. Elmo's Fire, which I love. Um, if you've ever seen Into the Spider-Verse when they're riding the train not, or the bus out to Kingpin's Hideout, the John Parr St. Elmo's Fire is playing. And the Lost Boys, which we love. Love the Lost Boys and, and the soundtrack. Who doesn't? Kiefer, baby. I don't know any words. Uh, most brutal excerpt I found from a critic. Critic, He said, bring earplugs to Batman and Robin, and a pair of nose plugs wouldn't hurt either. Now, I'm not sure what the nose plugs imply other, other than the movie stinks, but mm. maybe he sat next to Seagal at the screening. <laughs> God, you... You take shots at Seagal I, in every cast. Every chance I get, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot at Seagal. And the fact that you think Seagal's at the screening is pretty funny. I mean, he was still sort of a thing in 97, enough to get invited to this, right? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they were you know, looking for their next villain for the planned fifth movie. Who? What villain could Seagal play in the DC universe? Is there a villain whose power is shitting himself? The Penguin? The croc. <laughs> the killer croc. <laughs> the croc lives in a sewer, doesn't he? So there's he a, does, yeah. So naturally the smell comes in there. Yeah, if anybody like shit their gi in the DC universe, it'd probably be the penguin. <laughs> oh, diarrhea man. <laughs> At this point, he probably could play the penguin with the shape he's in. Oh, he's 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 definitely rotund enough to be yeah, Humphrey Dumpler. Is that what? <laughs> Humphrey Dumpler. There's no way that's his real name. No, that's not the Penguin's real name, but there's a character. He's sort of a fat guy that looks like Humpty Dumpty, and his name is Humphrey Dumpler. That's Dumpler. a real bad guy in the DC comics? Yeah, that's one of bad, one of Batman's rogues. And he's got a large rogues gallery, so. Jesus. I kind of want to see that. I mean, now. Condiment Man was a real thing. So. Bookworm. Wait, 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 wait. What does Condiment Man do? He shoots condiments. So that Batman can never catch up? Oh. Oh, fucking nailed it. <laughs> oh, boy. You watch one movie full of bad Sorry, play. This movie's really got the wheels turning? Yeah. All right, so actual description for this movie. Does he relish in his own crimes? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He may or may not. His get... rap sheet is a foot long. <laughs> foot long, not a condiment. <laughs> the condiments go on it. To be fair, that's a better pun than, I don't know, all the ones in this one. Uh, <laughs> so actual description cryogenic scientist gone wrong that's mr freeze <laughs> wants to turn gotham city into a frozen wasteland poison ivy has revenge on her mind after a toxic run-in with a wayne enterprise scientist while she has designs on mr freeze which she really doesn't his cold heart is consumed only by his demented plans with the addition of batgirl the dynamic duo becomes a trio calling him a like a Bad scientist is like a real generous way to describe him. Yes, uh, I would agree. <laughs> uh, maniac, disgraced scientist, possibly. Guy who falls into his own <laughs> frozen batter. <laughs> Man with poor balance. Yeah. <laughs> disgraced scientist with poor balance with attachment issues. Man, scientist for who some reason stands no more than six inches from... The vat of frozen liquids he's brewing for his dead wife. Scientist that hires other people to film him and his wife in intimate moments. Yeah, that's a bizarre twist. He Arnold often watches home movies that for some reason would have never been filmed, like him giving his wife a birthday present. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, a wedding video, but it looked like it was just like their anniversary. Yeah. And he made some like crony film them. <laughs> so there is a wedding video. 
But then there's just this video of her in the mirror getting ready for like a gala and he's putting a necklace on her. She looked a lot like Bruce Wayne's girlfriend too. Is that the same Elle actress? McPherson. I mean, if they were going to skimp on one thing, I guess that might have been it. Or the awful CGI that bookends the movie. I think they skimped on writing. Definitely skimped on that. I love all the the characters just breaking into random monologues. Like Lots of monologues movie. where they look off into the distance describing their evil plan. It's pretty, it's fantastic. It's not a sound uh, strategy for success. By the way, I know we shit on these movies, but you should see this one. Like, this one's entertaining. It's it's definitely worth watching. Like, for the purpose of what we do on this podcast, it's so worth watching. Just to... I can't remember what episode it was where I lamented people complaining about, like, comic book movies now. And it's like, please, I implore you, watch this movie and think about 15-year-old me knowing that Batman is now dead. You can you can kind of see why there was a big lull in the comic book movies. Like, something like this came out now. All the studios would probably be like, ooh, you know, we just dropped like, I don't know, in today's dollars, $300 million and it got a 10%. If you, if you screen this for studio heads now, they'd do exactly what Rod did with Corman's Fantastic Four. They would burn all of the copies. This would be like if Avengers got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. They'd have to stop everything. Well, one Avengers movie did get like a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's like a British spy movie. No, that doesn't count. Yeah. Nailed it. Maybe something we should do. Uh, we Uma, Uma Thurman's in that one too, so. After, oh, after this, we've got to stop with the comic book movies for just a little bit. Well, next week is Major League Two. Oh, sports movies. Sports yeah. movies. Nice. So we've, we've got a good reprieve. Um, I do have to, I'm going to have to like go take a shower in my clothes that I wore watching this to get the stink of it off of me. Seeing that this got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes was a little surprising. I figured it would have been below zero. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) All right. So what was your one sentence description of this movie? Oh, this is, I didn't take many notes, but I got a billionaire global warming denier saves his (laughs) Saves his butler's life, among other things. Yeah, that's a curious thing about Bruce Wayne in this movie. Poison Ivy shows up out of nowhere. I had no clue where she was supposed to be, but you find out later with a tremendous photograph. And she has a report on how they're going to basically save all the plant life on Earth. And Bruce is like, no, this is stupid. You need fossil fuels to heat homes. And you need this to do something else. It's like, so Bruce is just full on ready to destroy the environment. Again, not believing global warming in 97 was apparently the thing. I mean, I guess that's the thing. When you're a billionaire playboy, you're like, screw the planet. Maybe it was his way to throw people off his scent because he unironically fights a guy trying to freeze the world and then denies global warming. So maybe he's doing that maybe, on purpose. Yeah, it so was they're like, like, well, Bruce Wayne is kind of an asshole, but Batman. Batman gives a fuck. Bruce Wayne doesn't. Yeah, they're not the same people. True. The cow could not possibly be the same people. That's what's happening. Even though if you just like Google Matt earthed it, you'd see that the Batmobile comes out of his house from below his house. 97, no chance Google Earth was. If there's thing. a talking Alfred computer, you can Google Intruder Earth. Alert. Intruder <laughs> alert. Intruder alert. Identify. If they have a computer that says access denied <laughs> when you put in the wrong password, there's some, there's some serious tech going she on. She fucking guessed England. 
That'd be like if I tried to crack your code on your iPad and I just put in America. What, whatever they paid for her private schooling in England was not worth it because she is an idiot. That was that was pretty creepy when she first comes up to the house and uh, Robin opens the door. She's wearing a Catholic schoolgirl uniform. Robin's probably mid-30s. Robin's like easily 33 years old. And he just makes a pass at her like, oh God, I hope you're here for me. It's like, oh, easy, easy, bud. The porn parody version would probably have very similar scenes to this. Uh, quite a few, particularly the Alfred face that is made throughout the movie. <laughs> His McGregor disease, I think one of the symptoms is him uh, climaxing involuntarily. Alfred makes a lot of interesting faces when he's supposed to be feeling sick. It's like he's supposed to be showing that he's in pain and he's wincing, but it looks like his vinegar strokes. <laughs> uh, so my description is somewhere lost amongst the 378 puns, a man is dying of a fictional disease and nobody gives a shit. Man, that was a chilling reading. <laughs> I think I'm out. I'm out of puns. I, I really hope you're out of puns. <laughs> you snow it. <laughs> so, essentially, uh, they've never heard of Mr. Freeze before, which I find almost impossible. Because they then have a ton of evidence of what the man's been up to. So he's robbing, the, the movie sort of starts with him robbing the uh, a diamond from a museum. For some reason, the diamond's in the same room as the dinosaur that moans when it's getting frozen. <laughs> and he has a bunch of henchmen who wear ice skates and have extremely short hockey sticks. The hockey team from hell. Now, as I said, Batman has never fought Mr. Freeze before. He didn't even know who he is. Didn't even know who he Jim was. Jim Gordon introduces him to him on the video conference. And, and yet the bat suit is equipped with ice skates. That was the most improbable. Actually, before we even get to that, I love that he comes in and says, Hi, Mr. Freeze. I'm Batman. Like, what do you? what's with the introduction? Well, and also Commissioner Gordon says, He calls himself Mr. Freeze. <laughs> and then later Poison Ivy goes, uh, or someone says she calls herself Poison Ivy, or maybe she just says that. You have to love how lazy it is that it's not even like someone in the paper made up their nicknames. They just give it to themselves. Yeah. Ivy. Poison By the way, Ivy. In real life, you're a fucking loser if you come up with your own nickname. Yeah. Take that, Kobe Bryant. He came up with Black Mamba? He did. Oh, did not. And then I think Garnett tried to come up with something and he called himself like the Viper, but it didn't stick. Big ticket. Yeah. He's the big ticket. Yeah. He's big. T- the Viper? But that's Randy Orton's nickname, so okay, no you more. Know, you can't steal that. <clears throat> so yeah, he um, he breaks into a museum to steal a diamond. Batman and Robin both have fucking ice skates, even though they didn't just know. <laughs> ready to ready to go to Rockefeller Center and just bust some triple axles. And a great reason to see this movie is the action, the action scenes. Oh, there's so there's so much wire work. And the laws of physics are just thrown out the window completely. The fact that you said there was no excuses on this, like that they couldn't do reshoots, is a little shocking because if they saw what they filmed and went, oh, yeah, we fucking nailed it. Let me tell you something. They did saw, see what they filmed, and they liked it so much they like were ready to greenlight sequels and spinoffs. They were watching the dailies, <laughs> and they're like, this is going to fucking kill it. What about What about that scene? So towards the end... There's the best editing ever where Robin gets thrown into the water. He comes out of the water and then he goes back in. But to go back into the water, they literally just rewind it. They rewound There's the same clip. There's a full pause and rewind. 
And then they use the clip about a minute later, too. Yeah, it's one of the more offensive uses of editing I've seen ever. It's just like, you know, why don't you just not show that? Did, we didn't need that scene at all. No, I, not at all. And it wasn't really clear why he was struggling to get out of the water so badly, aside from the fact that a couple of vines were in there, but none of them were grabbing him. So He does get thrown into a lot of pools of liquid in this. He gets thrown into the vat of ice cream. Robin gets, of the three-man team, he's the least valuable Three-person team. Yeah, the three-person team. Because we want to be BPC. PC, even though Batman's not. Batman, that son of a bitch, looks at Batgirl and she says, I'm Batgirl. And he says, is that PC? Shouldn't you be more like Batperson or Batwoman? He's Batman. There, there's just no quality control what, in the script. What is he doing throwing stones at the PC police? Yeah, I can be Batman, but you have to be Batperson. Yeah. Whoa, you easy, can't be Batgirl, man. all right? But I could be Batman. Also, all the suits have very pronounced nipples, including Mr. Freeze. Including Mr. Freeze, where he has a couple of like lug nuts, his nipples. <laughs> but hers are slightly covered up by a fake bra on the suit. The fact that they even have like a little peak for her nipples is just so incredibly bizarre to me. I uh, why what is the purpose of those? I don't know. Like a lot of cod pieces, a lot of nipples. You're right. Maybe this is not. I think they probably just reuse these suits for the porn parody. Oh, that's actually a great call. (laughs) Same intro to characters, same dialogue, and then same suits. Yeah, we're we're like eight minutes of sex away from. I would I would think they touched up the dialogue. I, really? I think they'd touch up the cod pieces for the porn. So at one point, uh, I'm just going to skip through most of the plot because it's really stupid. What plot? Yeah, so then there's a charity gala that Batman hosts, and they're auction, aux- auctioning women off, troubling in itself. Oh, and where they have the super insensitive rainforest theme. Yes. Which is a bunch of islanders dancing around like wild animals. Yeah, and so Batman has this event. To lure Mr. Freeze out. Now, the last time Mr. Freeze robbed someplace, he froze, I don't know, 16, 17 people. So he just invites a bunch of people to get frozen. Batman seems seems to kill a lot of civilians in this. A lot of civilians. A lot of collateral damage. And Poison Ivy makes her big entrance, and she uh, unleashes her feminine wiles, her irate lover's uh, third name for the episode. Feminine wiles. And they begin to bid on her, and uh, Batman and Robin have a bid off. And lo and behold, Batman has a Batman credit card. Now, my question is, how often does he have to use the Bat credit card that it has a $7 million spending limit? That's a that's a really good question. Like, is he just using that thing when he's getting gas for the Batmobile, which apparently runs on some sort of fossil fuel? flux capacitor in this movie? That's a hilarious front of that vehicle. I don't know. I've never seen him purchase something in any of these movies. Except for... Literally Batman. ever. I mean, well, I guess in The Dark Knight, he clearly rents a boat and he goes on vacation with the Russian ballerinas so he can break into the Chinese Yeah, but that's probably place. his boat he owns. Probably. I don't know how stuff works. I mean, he didn't even purchase the like medical supplies for Alfred in this movie. It's given to him. Why does he carry it like as he's dressed up as Batman in his suit? It seems like that's a waste of one of the utility pockets. No, it was a waste of product placement. They should have had Amex or Visa on there, something like that. Yeah, at least. I mean, you could have gotten some of this budget paid for by shelling that thing out. If you're going to have that joke, you might as well get American Express. Correct. All right, what else you got for this movie? What other questions do you have? Because I'm sure there's a lot. Oh, how about when they throw Poison Ivy in the Venus flytrap? Why is it Eater? 
if she yeah, controls she the controls plants. the plants yet she gets eaten by this venus flytrap <clears throat> but then she's alive later uh i'm not sure why M- no sense makes no just, sense just just have that be the end of her she's one of the worst comic book movie villains ever oh here's a question that scene the rainforest scene you were describing so she does like a little dance mind you she was not invited to this she's crashing this like yeah gala. she's a party crasher so she shows up does a little dance and then gets escorted down by the employees of the party. Yeah, who who are hired out. They're all dressed as uh, Tarzan. George of the Jungle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or so, George of the Jungle. So then all of them like lay down on their stomachs so she can walk across them in a choreographed manner. How the fuck did they know what to do? They were just employees. Yeah, is that part of like her pheromones? Her f- they her know f- to just lie on the floor and let her walk across their shirtless bodies? Controversial statement. I don't think that's how pheromones work. I don't think so either, but I mean, I've also never been under the subversion of poison ivy. So that's not true. Doesn't your uh, wife use all those essential oils? Oh yes, true. You yeah. just don't even know. Something. I don't even know. Sometimes you like, need to get some rubber lips. That's why. Yeah, if I get some rubber <laughs> lips, I'll never do the laundry again. <laughs> uh, this, this movie. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Here's what we have to talk about. This. This was the hardest. Me and Thunder probably laughed at a movie. Bane. <laughs> Bane, for some unknown reason. Bane's is like six foot six. Six foot six. He has also, wires he's sticking out of him. an S&M mask. He weighs and... like 350. Correct. He's wearing, yeah, he's the bad guy from 8mm, but just juiced he's, up. He's in a gimp suit. So, for out of nowhere, he's driving Poison Ivy, and he's dressed like Howard the Duck. He's wearing a trench coat. And a a hat. He's full on Inspector Gadget. It's unbelievable. And then it happens like four more times. <laughs> he wears this suit multiple times. And then when it's revealed that she came into the Gotham airport from South America, <laughs> they have a photograph of her. For some reason, he's, she's in disguise. But he's carrying her doesn't matter luggage. at all. He's carrying her luggage, dressed <laughs> like Inspector Gadget, wearing the friggin' costume. He looks like a like a hard boiled detective from the fucking fifties. He's Humphrey Bogart. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> There's just no reason for him to be dressed like that. It's an unbelievable outfit to be wearing for a guy who's that big, has green hands, and has a tube filled with like neon liquid sticking out of the back of his head. I can't figure out how many fingers he has in the movie. They show his fingers sometimes, and they're enormous, and sometimes it looks like there's only three of them. <clears throat> his, oh. his fingers are very large, uh, and it is unclear how many there are. Yeah, um... Oh, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, what other what other questions you got there? My main question is, there's <laughs> a lot of, like, instances in this movie where they have to kick, like, a wire off, and they just seem to come right off. It's like, is there just no precautions taken at any point in this movie to, in these suits, in Mrs. Freeze's water chamber that's apparently frozen, but it's clearly not frozen? An unsecured wire is a plot device in this movie to really keep things moving multiple times. Yeah, so I don't I don't think the movie could exist without it. After Bane like beats the shit out of people like 30 times, they literally just lightly tap the back of his like little wire. It comes out and he's done. It's over. Yeah, this was um really just underselling him. Yeah, god, I have questions about the action. 
I do too. Like, why did they have snow vehicles? Why did they know? Like, they had no idea until five minutes ago that he was planning to freeze all of Gotham City. And yet they show up in like a snowmobile. Uma Thurman's stunt double as Poison Ivy is fantastic in the last fight scene. She's double the size of Uma Thurman. With a a preposterous wig. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. As if Uma Thurman's (laughs) wig was not preposterous in itself. (laughs) Fair enough. She just kind of looked like Bette Midler from Hocus Pocus. There's a scene in this movie where she shows up to confront Bruce Wayne. She puts on a wig in the car when she's driving around with Humphrey Bane. (laughs) Humphrey Banegart? Yeah, Humphrey (laughs) Banegart. And then she's not wearing the wig when she goes into the building. What was the purpose of showing her put the wig on? I'll never know. I think it was just to get uh, Inspector Bangett in the (laughs) shot in the car. It's so funny that he's driving her dress like that. It's like... What if people look in the window of that car and they see that man, regardless of the hat, they're gonna think it's weird. He looks more conspicuous with a hat on that giant mask. With the hat and trench coat, it's it's Raphael's incognito outfit from the first Ninja Turtles. Movie. Correct. Yes, it's the same outfit. Good call. And he looks more conspicuous than a fucking giant turtle wearing it. <laughs> yes, it's more obvious there's something wrong with his figure oh than God. when a turtle wears it. Yeah. Uh, how about, here's a question, like, what's Venom? Is there Venom in the comic books? Does he just slap his chest yeah. and he gets huge? Venom is what he sort of subsists on. Like, that's what makes him into this large beast. But in this movie, it just seems like they're injecting him with rat poison. At least it was a change. So Mr. Freeze falls in... Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Freeze falls oh. into, I don't know, dry ice, and he becomes Mr. Freeze... Uh, who else? Oh. Who else falls in something in this movie? Oh, poison ivy falls into a bunch of plants. So what happens is the guy from Gremlins two, uh, he's actually in Shazam as well, which is going to be one of my recommendations coming up. He uh, just dumps a bunch of toxins on her. The Earth uh, develops a sinkhole. Which what did I tell you about last week? Unbelievable. Alien shitting acid are the cause of sinkholes. It's now definitive. We've seen it in a movie. In Burton's Batman, doesn't. Uh, the Joker doesn't Jack Nicholson. Just he falls fall into a vat of yeah. How about Two Face in Batman Forever? Doesn't he they just, don't show his origin. He doesn't fall in anything. Uh, they don't show his origin, but it's assumed something happened like that. Yeah, <clears throat> it makes me just want to like go run and jump into pits of liquid and see if I become a hero. I mean, Toxic Avenger. His origin story. Yeah, he gets uh, bullies put him in a toxic dump. I had the toy. In I a remember. barrel of toxic waste. I remember the cartoon. Was there a like a Heather Locklear movie with him? No, that Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that uh, what we can take from this is that comic books are really sending children the wrong message about what happens if you... I mean, maybe this is why kids are eating Tide Pods. In the porn version, Swamp Thing and Uma Thurman definitely just like tentacle each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, that's the anime boy, version. Boy, that's graphic. <laughs> That is a graphic one. <laughs> she has sexual innuendos in this that are not subtle at all. And not all. for kids. <laughs> How about when she says to Mr. Freeze, I'll help you handle your rocks, or I'll help you grab your rocks. Yeah. That sounds terrifying, actually, if I'm a guy. I'll help you grab your rocks. And then, uh, yeah, what was the one to Robin that we, we I kept messing up, and it sounded more and more graphic? It's something about her being wet. It's very... <laughs> it was so graphic. It's like... So wait, you want to sell action figures, 
but she literally is just like Robin's here like, for like weird come ons and sexual one liners. Are you green everywhere? What you come and find out? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa! Easy. What's happening here? Like, where, where is this movie going? This now? is the porn version of the movie. It's a porn parody in it of itself. Maybe they had like a porn script and a normal script, and they just went off the wrong one. Maybe they like one day the the the. Uh, Director's assistant brought the wrong pages yep. to set. I could see that. It's happening. like, oh, here are the here are the rewritten pages, and Arnold's just looking at like, okay, ice puns. Yeah, it sounds about right. To have your like lead female antagonist to just tell Robin that she's wet is really startling. <laughs> I don't remember that as a child. No, and I'm sort of glad I don't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm out of questions. Again, see this movie. It's fantastic. Oh, you got to see it ju- just for sort of understanding its moment in time. And, and do remember this killed Batman. It killed Batman. The, the choices they make are, are fascinating. It uh, it took eight years to get Batman Begins. This was a disaster. Just an outright, utter disaster. It ruined the franchise. Uh and that was that. And then it took another eight years to get Nolan's version, which obviously is infinitely better. I don't like either of the Schumacher films. I think I mentioned that. I think they're both just, uh, there's just nothing to them. They're entertaining, though. Batman Forever is great. Batman Forever is great because of its soundtrack. Jim Carrey. Just Jim Carrey being all Jim Carrey. But it's Carrey. not like a good movie. And there's such a stark departure from the Burton movies that it's like, like, you know, if you like those Burton films, which I did, and I was a kid, uh, but they didn't think they could sell enough toys with Burton's sort of scarier depiction of Batman's Gotham. You know, what we got was just so far off from what was there before. It's it's really off-putting to me. I didn't see this in theaters even. I hated Batman forever so much at the time. Even as a kid you hated it? Oh, yeah. My sister loved it because it had Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Uh, so that was that. Well, that she was had ba- the soundtrack. Wait, wait, wait. You, Batman forever you hated? Yeah. What? I hate that movie. I also love Seal Kiss from Rose. Great it does have, it does have a great soundtrack, but the movie is just a mess. You know what? This has a disappointing soundtrack. I don't even think there's music in Considering it. Considering the soundtrack from the previous movie, you don't really, there's really not much in this one, no, aside from the end. Aside from like background rock and roll noise when it becomes Fast and the Furious. And the scores for both Schumacher's movies are just terrible. Well, the they, Elfman scores for Batman and Batman Returns are so much are so much better. They spend all their money on the fight choreography and CGI for the ice. Uh, the end CGI. I mean, I know this is 1997, but if you're going to end with this huge scene of him freezing Gotham, maybe make it a little bit shorter. Are you texting on your iPad? No, I'm trying to find the quote. Which one? The exact quote she said. The one about poison ivy being yes. just dripping. Yeah. Yeah, that was very Which is just terrible. Very upsetting. It's a haunting thought. Yeah. Uh, something was it wet and wild? I don't think so. Oh, god. Whatever. You know what? It was it was weird and it didn't fit in this movie. Uh and I hated her character. It'll, so It'll be my name on the next episode. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and I did I wrote a bunch of true and false from things I found about this movie. Yes. And, and I'm if excited. False, I'll tell you what's true. So there's a whole bunch of them. So that'll be our next segment. So stay tuned. Okay, we are back on Hops and Box Office Flops. I am the Thunderous Wizard, at WriterTLK on Twitter. And this is our second segment. I'm not a scholar, but... So internet research, true or false. We have to change the name of this segment. 
Well, we can figure it out. Can we? Oh, we didn't talk about uh, what beer we're having with the movie. I'll I'll handle it. Um, of course, we're having a cold one uh, out of a frosty mug, and uh, you'll probably guess it was Ice House. So there you go. Because literally, Mister Freeze's house is the <laughs> house of ice. <laughs> Remember the scene where he's just like running after he saves himself from falling out of space. He's running through like ten different vaults. So that's a good that's a good point. I do want to talk about that. They say he's freezing the furnace. Why does the furnace have like six different vault doors? And also, if you're falling from thirty thousand feet and you lose your wings at around the fifteen thousand foot mark, how is shooting your gun at the ground going to stop you from dying? How about none of the vault doors were locked? He just pushes them nope, open. Just pushes them open. And instead of like freezing the door, which or shooting the the two guys chasing you with your freeze gun and leaving them there to die because you will die in 11 minutes. Apparently that's the magic number. If you get frozen, you have 11 minutes to be unfrozen. Now I'm not a scientist as we've I'm not discussed. A I'm not a scientist, but, uh, but if you're frozen solid, I think you're dead already. Yeah. I think like if the blood just stops flowing, you probably die. Didn't a kid fall on the ice and he, he lived after 15 minutes and everybody was like shocked. I mean, you'd have to be a lot more specific than that. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah, that scene where they're uh, flying through the air after they escape Mr. Freeze's... Oh, by the way, he owns a spaceship because he's stealing a lot of diamonds. Uh, he needs the diamonds to build some device and ultimately eventually do his research and save his wife. But it seems like he's wasting a lot of resources on all his gadgets, including the rocket ship. That's fair to say. Uh, but Batman and Robin... They take two of the doors from said rocket ship and basically surf, sky surf, all the way back down to Gotham. How these doors stay attached to their feet, I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of questions. I mean, there's also a scene where Mr. Freeze drives across a giant statue in his ice truck. (laughs) So, Yeah, that was the icing on the cake for me. Oh, God dang it. Does that work? That was close. I I think it works. I I think it works. The icing on the cake. All right. So I'm going to tell you some things. You're going to... Is this true or false? You're going to guess if it's true or false. Fuck yes. All right. George Clooney hates the film. It's been rumored uh, that if you meet him on the street, and how likely is it to meet George Clooney, and you tell him you saw the movie, he'll pay you the money back for your tickets. True? That's true. What? That's awesome. Yeah. That makes uh, me love George Clooney. Did you read that story about how he gave like a million dollars to all his friends in a, a duffel bag one day once he made a bunch of money? I did not hear that, but that's awesome as well. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. So he he does hate the movie. He When they finished filming, he actually quipped, I think we just killed the franchise. When he's Bruce Wayne, he's basically just playing himself, like not committing to marrying any of these supermodels he's been. Yeah, it really was a... I mean, it, he... He was just like, screw it, I'll just be George Clooney. Well, and apparently be... George Clooney loves to wear baggy turtlenecks. <laughs> yes. So hey, let's dress him up like Steve Jobs. <laughs> he, he's he's channeling Steve Jobs so hard in one scene, he's actually holding his glasses behind his back. He's channeling Steve Jobs so hard in one scene, he forgets who his kids are. <laughs> that's rough. You just like... is it? <laughs> I think that's public knowledge that's at this point. All right, so... This podcast will be on Apple iTunes. Yeah, so... <laughs> when we get kicked off of iTunes, you could only find us on geocities.com. You'll know why. Yeah, 
GeoCities. Jesus. We'll be on our. You can find us at our MySpace account. Fire, fire up uh, your Netscape Navigator. I just had a stroke. Prodigy Online. Look for our latest episode on Prodigy Online. Schwarzenegger was paid $25 million for the role. True or false? Oh, wasn't that what he got for Last Action? What he got 15 for Last Action Hero. $165 million was the budget on this? Yep. No, one hundred twenty-five. Or is it either way, whatever. 125? Ooh, that seems like a lot. No, I'll say false. It's true. Whoa, that's a yep, 20% uh, of the budget? Yep. <laughs> so it's 20% of the budget. He only, he was he essentially only worked 25 days. So he got paid a million dollars a day to be on this movie. And he had a contract where it stipulated he could only work 12 hours in a day. And it took well over four to five hours to do his makeup. I think it's fair to have a clause that says I'm only going to work 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's in a lot of actors' contracts, but when you're in the makeup chair for six hours, that sort of limits what you can do. What's a normal movie take, like three months to shoot? Yeah, like six weeks, six to eight weeks. What do you think this took? Two months. Uh, well, if he only if he was only on the film for 25 days, I can only I would think maybe 60 days, probably two months it took to shoot this. He'd probably be easy to stunt double, though, right, with the suit? Apparently... That was a thing that was quite costly. They all had multiple stunt doubles, like particularly it, Batman and Robin and Batgirl, because they all had different suits. And the ginger gentleman that played uh, Poison Ivy's stunt double. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Johnny Fairplay is Poison <laughs> Ivy. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> he was like on Survivor. <laughs> Jesus. And he was also in wrestling for a little while. Oh, there you go. That makes yeah. more sense. So... This is Arnold's second appearance in a Batman movie. True or false? Oh, uh, let me think. Let me think. Does he make a cameo in one of Nolan's? No. Well, then no. False. It's true. There's a photograph of him in Max Schreck's office in Batman Returns. Does that count? For the purposes of this, yes. Damn it. All right. What am I? One for... Oh, God, I'm one for three. Yep. I'll get better. Arnold was the only actor ever considered for the role of Mr. Freeze. False. It was false. Yeah. They also considered Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, this one shocked me, and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but he, I uh, was frozen today. <laughs> so apparently they had to rewrite all of Mr. Freeze's lines when they cast Arnold uh, because I guess the lines were written in more of a very serious Shakespearean manner. Uh Patrick Stewart, who's long been rumored to have been looked at for the role, was not. That was in the uh, Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, the Joel Schumacher said it's a wonderful idea, but nobody ever suggested him. Wait, so, wasn't was Silence of the Lambs early nineties? Ninety one, I think. I mean, could you imagine Hopkins doing that and then playing Mister Freeze and then doing <laughs> then <laughs> hamming it up as Mister Freeze? Silence of the Hams. I mean, you know, all Oscar winning actors, you know, end up doing like sort of a cheesy role like this, but. In 97, him Hello, doing this role would have seemed really weird. <laughs> I'd, I'd freeze me. <laughs> I put his of... liver in the freezer. <laughs> With a nice bottle of ice cubes. Fucking nailed it. And a frozen arbor mist. <laughs> arbor mist? You're so classy. Super classy. Oh, my God. So all the dialogues, so here's a quote from uh, one of the people who worked on the movie. All the dialogue for Mr. Freeze, you could tell it was meant for somebody who could deliver it in a Shakespearean fashion. It was hysterical. 
in my head, I was reading Frieza's dialogue of Schwarzenegger. So, and then they're like, it just won't work. Who's that from? This is the guy who worked on the movie. Like he, once they cast Schwarzenegger, he read all the lines in, in Arnold's accent doing the Shakespeare stuff. And he's like, no, yeah, we got to rewrite this. I would pay a lot of money to have Arnold do an audio book of some sort of Shakespeare play. I got to tell you, I mean, did this guy not see Last Action Hero? The Hamlet scene? To be or not to, to be. To be or not to be. Not. not to be. <laughs> I mean, come on. I think he nailed it. That's fair. He definitely nailed that. Uh, Batman and Robin is the lowest grossing live action Batman film to date. Oh, false. I would think it's false, but uh, this was, it said true. I don't know what, if Batman 66 got a theatrical run. I don't think it did. So it's true. It made $100 million less than Batman Forever. Thus, that's why the franchise. Oh, wait, how much did it make? Uh, worldwide, it made only 237 well, so it, it it turned a small, modest profit, but when you when you spend one hundred twenty, it made million, way more than its money back, right? We're good. Well, it all depends on how much they spent on marketing, uh, which was probably around fifteen to twenty. So to make only a sixty million dollar profit on a hundred twenty five million dollar picture is not exciting to people hey, i'm sure they made money on the toys and hey just shit, remember though. you know batman versus superman made 170 or 190 million idiot i got i'll edit that made 890 million and they thought it was a huge failure you don't get to edit stuff out you keep that in all right i'll keep it in but so that made it 890 million on a budget of around 300 neither one of us should do math huge failure one. so uh, it's all like a matter of degrees i suppose I, uh, a matter of degrees. Nailed it. Well played, sir. Yeah, not Celsius, bitch. We didn't even talk about how his wife was suspended in water, and they said she was frozen. Well, I did mention it. Yeah, she's apparently frozen, but the did water's you? clearly running. Dumb words. Like, it's not, she's not frozen like Robin gets frozen. Oh, plastic Robin. How did we miss that? Dude, it, oh, that's when they, when he tries to jump. So he's like, I'll get him. He jumps from like 15 feet away, gets frozen with a good nine and a half feet to go to get to Mr. Freeze. It was awesome. It's like, what was his plan here? And why was he diving so low to the ground? How about, and then Batman puts him in a pool of water that by all rights should be frozen since he froze the furnace. Correct. And then uses a small laser beam to unfreeze him and quick cut to a shot of plastic Robin so in the good. water. We got to find that and put it. I want yeah, two I will, things. I'll put that on the Twitter. Two things. I want to find it, that. We want, obviously you want... Humphrey Bangart. Okay, I want the picture of Humphrey Bangart, or or just maybe like a a picture signed by Schumacher, and it's a screen grab of when he's driving her in the backseat. I'm going to find that picture. That's a great Halloween costume for me. Bane it, has Humphrey it works Bogart. really well for you. God, if you just walked around saying "bomb," oh, that bomb. was great. That was some good exposition. He was putting. Uh, ice bombs down which don't look they look like tap lights so yeah it looked like you never know they were bombs it looked like bane just got back from pier one and was decorating the yeah. museum hey look at the cool lights i got so i'm sure they had to adr in him going bomb every bomb. time he sat one down yeah there's a lot of edited audio throughout the movie in addition to the rewind of robin dunking his head this uh oh man this was great this was fun so as i said uh, we won't cover that one because yes, the sequels were canceled. They actually had written two more scripts. So this made two hundred and some million, and it's the lowest grossing, lowest grossing Batman film. Even like, and that's you're thinking about eighty nine came out, 
Yeah. Uh, right. With or without, even without inflation. How much yeah. did uh, even, Batman return? Even with inflation, this made less money. Oh, my God. That's wild. It's a little surprising. You think, like, families would go see it. You would think, but it is. It's just so unwatchable. It's... Like, it's really not that fun. Like, all the suits are, like, really clumsy and cumbersome. Like, Arnold can barely move. All his action scenes, he's, like, he's standing in one place. They have several scenes where he has to catch things, and it's clear they had to cut and then put it in his hand. Yeah. Oh, what about when the gun gets stuck on top of the statue? It's just sitting there. And he throws a security guard at it. The gun is, like, I don't know, 100 pounds. It's got to be. Yeah. I think what they did for a lot of the action was have someone, like, do do it in a backwards motion and then just rewind it. Yeah, it could be. I mean, especially some of the weird jumps. That's what it looks like, especially when they're like throwing stuff into their hands. All right, so Val Kilmer, obviously he's Batman and Batman Forever, chose not to do the movie because of conflicts with other films. What other films? The Saint and The Island of Dr. Moreau. He made the right choice? Uh, I don't know. You don't, Well, The Island of Dr. Moreau actually got better reviews than this and actually is a better movie despite its troubles behind the scenes. It's true. According, and he got to hang out with Elizabeth Shue yeah. and The Saint, so nailed it. According to Schumacher, he quit. Uh, but Elizabeth Schumacher? He was more or less fired uh, because his behavior on set and during the press tour of Batman Forever was apparently just terrible. Oh, like he shit on the movie? Uh, he was just... He had an overinflated ego. And uh, I talked about that a lot in the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau episode. Like, he, I think he let fame go to his head. It's weird because he seems so down to earth as Iceman in Top Gun. You know, the guy, the, the guy's a Juilliard trained actor. You know, is that true? It's true. And by the time he hit it big, I think he just thought he knew everything. And that kind of killed his career in essence. So you can tell in the volleyball scene how good of an actor he is. He's he's fantastic in so much stuff, but he also phones it in just about more than any what you consider A-list actor did at the time. Like for every Doc Holliday performance, he's got a Batman Forever performance that's just like, oh, he doesn't even want to be there. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So Alec Baldwin was the favorite to replace him before they went with George Clooney. Didn't Alec Baldwin play The Shadow? He did. That was basically like him just doing Batman voice. Uh, essentially, it's like the same. Well, he has superpowers, I guess. But yeah, he's a, a, a masked Avenger. I would take Baldwin now to play Batman. Like, Did an you old see Bruce the punch Wayne. he threw in Mission Impossible? I could definitely see him denying global warming. I, well, he's very <laughs> angry. Maybe he should be a villain. Like he's He's unchecked rage man. Unchecked Rage Man is yeah. that the name? one of like the things he does is like he'll call his daughter late at night and scream at her. What happened? He fell into a pit of angry men. What's his new moniker? Simple assault. <laughs> <laughs> he's Pretzel Man. Why? Because he's assaulted. No, nope, nope. Turn the podcast off. <laughs> okay, that's edit maybe, out everything. Maybe that was a stretch. Take every. So it's true Sal, or false? Sal Bandini stretch. Oh, only the best. True or false hit me. Was it true? Was was it Alec Baldwin? Favored to replace him, true or false? Oh, false. It is false. It was Billy Baldwin. <laughs> Shut up. Guess who also was also considered David Donnie Duchovny. Duchovny. <laughs> now this this one I almost like had a stroke and fell out of my chair. Apparently Duchovny was also up for Batman Begins. Whoa. Yeah. Was that pre or post Californication? Uh, I think it's pre, but it's just pre. 
but he was also pretty old by that that point, by 2005. Like, he's close to 50. It's ticky-tacky, but his voice is a little, like, just a little too nasally to... Oh, I'm Batman. I'd like to hear his Batman oh, voice. Oh, Scully, I'm Batman. Yeah, like, he has such a specific voice. It would he's be really... Tough. He's very dry. He's monotone. Huh. That's that I, I like David Duchovny, but then again, could it be any worse than... Batman... <laughs> Was what was that? <laughs> was that your Christian Bale? It's what we do that defines us. That's better. That's rude. Yeah, his voice was stupid, and it's like it's clear who you are. Like anybody who knows somebody that well, you could tell that's the same guy. So let's. I feel like we should do a lineup to prove this. We'll give three men cowls, and then okay. you have to pick now, out. If, if I've known them my whole life, I'll be able to pick them out. Well, who was he trying to fool? Rachel Dawson. Rachel Dawes. Dawson? Dawes. Rachel Dawson's Creek. You know, who has known him his entire life. You know? I'm looking I'm looking at you right now. And all of a sudden he comes back from wherever he's at and Batman just happens to show up within the very same time frame. You know what's smart is how uh Nicolas Cage does it in Kick Ass where he puts the mustache on too. Yeah. I bet if you had a cowl on with a mustache, I wouldn't know who the fuck you were. That would change the game. Right. Well, especially because you know I can't grow a mustache. Correct. So. I'd be fucked. You're screwed then. Yeah. All right. True or false? For me, I'd have to shave every time I wanted to be Batman. What a pain in the ass. (laughs) Well, you have a butt chin. I I know that. So First of all. I could pick you out of my It's called a cleft chin, you piece of shit. (laughs) It's masculine. Harvey Dent has like, it. Oh, that's a uh, that's irate lover, of course. What a dick! His bat suit is awful tight. Hey, I know that guy. I know him. You're like one of the few people that have seen my butt chin. Oh yeah, I'd pick you out, no problem. Oh damn it! I mean, you know, relatively short Batman butt chin. Put the put two and it two does together. suck. If you have a beard, you just can't be a superhero in these movies. <laughs> Could you imagine how funny it would be if Robin had a beard yeah. and then he just puts the mask on but still has the beard? Well, one, if you shave it, <laughs> then you show up the next day like, hey, what happened to your beard? Yeah, but you'd have to shave it and then you can't see those people for like three weeks. <laughs> exactly. It's not It's not productive. It's very counterintuitive to oh, have a beard. Oh, fuck, I got to shave again. There's crime. <laughs> like, you go through a lot of razors. That's for sure. Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Be is very valuable. Sponsor? For, is that a sponsor? With a beard. Do no. we get them yet? Yeah. All right. True or false? Most most of Batgirl's scenes were cut because Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. Now, of course, when the press caught wind of this, they were very nice and didn't fat shame her at all. That's so fucked up. It has to be false. Uh the first part of it is true. The second part is false. The press was really ruthless about taunting her. Holy shit. That it became so bad that uh, Joel Schumacher had to lash out at them. Uh, he described it. He said it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who gained a few pounds, <clears throat> like all of us do at certain times. I would confront female journalists and I'd say, with so many young people suffering from anorexia and bulimia, why are you crucifying this girl? Here's an actual quote from a critic that wrote an article. She looked awesome in this. What's happening right now? The critic said, I thought she looked more like babe, meaning the pig, than a babe. Does that guy still have a fucking job? That was was written in an article. Oh, my God. Do you have that guy's name? No, I wouldn't share it. Put that motherfucker on blast. Why not? Can you believe that? Yeah, why wouldn't you share it? He published that. Yeah. 
And that's after she presented at, I guess, the Oscars or something. They saw her and made that statement. Like, that's terrible. Man, that's cold. That is just awful. Yeah. So here's... Now we're into some of my favorite facts that I found. Or are they facts? You gotta have ice in your veins to write that. Wrestler G... (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just a cold, dead heart. Maybe the fact that Mr. Freeze was like making it so cold is why they all had THO in the suits. That's why they were nipples. Maybe, yes. Just to remind everybody yeah. it's fucking cold outside. Rock hard nips. Don't say rock hard nips. It was and make so cold that them. it was through the rubber suits. Yeah, I think that's what happened. That makes sense. Rock hard nips. That's too much. Makes a lot of sense. So wrestler Jeep Swenson played Bane, died two months after the film's release. True or false? Jeep Simpson? Jeep Swenson, Bane. Jeep Swenson? Yep. False. Nope, true, he died. And uh, Joel Schumacher said, I think he had the biggest biceps on record at the time. He was a sweet guy with a young family. Uh, He was a dream to work with, and I think we were all crushed by that. Well, that's sad. That's unfortunate. Now, at his funeral, true or false, Hulk Hogan and James Caan gave eulogies. Was he in a movie? False. True. Oh, my. He was in a movie with James Caan? Yeah, uh, Bulletproof with Damon Wayans and uh, Adam Sandler. He's one of his henchmen. I remember that. Yep. So Hulk Hogan, and he also wrestled in WCW. So here's one about WCW. True or false? His ring name in WCW had to be changed due to its insensitive connotations. What was his ring name? The Final Solution. Yeah, I would say you should probably fucking change that. Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) So, yes, that's true. Uh, It was changed to the ultimate solution due to protests (laughs) from Jewish groups. WCW later claimed they were unaware that the final solution was the name Hitler gave to his plan to destroy the Jews. So there is a pay-per-view out there, ladies and gentlemen, that exists where the final solution performs. That's unbelievable. That's hard to believe. What was his finishing move? I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna. There's not even a joke in the world I'm going to tell, right now. Damn it! You can't. Yeah. Damn it! Damn it! That's unbelievable. How could they be that insensitive? Yeah. That that's just beyond belief. Oh my god! I, when I read that, I was like, "Holy shit!" And then to find out there was actually a pay per view where he wrestled with the name, was like. Oh, my God. Jesus. I mean, I know wrestling treads on, like, offensive themes, but come on. That's that's unbelievable. To not know that is idiotic. So Kane Hodder, your boy, yes, was Jason. Schumacher's first choice for Bane. Oh, true. It is true. Kane he, Hodder uh, played Jason in two or three Friday the 13th. He's used the band. Yep, and I met him at an airport in Boston. I have a picture with him. And, yeah, Thunder sent me that picture. Can I show you the creepy picture of the rental car thing where it has his name? Here's how... <laughs> where, where I confirmed it was indeed Kane Hodder. Here's how and much... And took a picture with him. Here's how much Thunder's life revolves around shitty movies and wrestling. Here's three pictures he sent me while being in an airport. Him and Kane Hodder. Him and Razor Ramon. Yeah, And Razor. then... And then a picture of Faison Love leaning against a wall. I've met Faison Love twice. Well, not met, but I indirectly ran into him once at the Cincinnati, Kentucky airport and once at a breakfast place where he ordered, got so mad it took so long to come out and left. 
respect. You'll know Faison Love as the store manager from Elf. He's also Big Worm. Oh, yeah, he's Big Worm. What a yeah. big perm. Oh, and I also met Luke Perry on a rental car bus in uh, at the Dayton Airport. You did not send me that picture, all right? No, I, he, I really wish I would have talked to him now, considering he unfortunately passed away. And he was, like, a super nice guy. Uh, that was my one chance to talk to Luke Perry, and I blew it. Uh, how many are those the only celebrities you've met? Who was the real obscure one? Oh, me and my cousin saw the mayor from Nolan's Batman, The Dark Knight. You know that actor, the dude with the black hair? Uh, the guy from Lost? And he was on Suddenly Susan, Hispanic guy. Okay. First of all, I didn't watch Lost. Second of all, you watched Suddenly Susan? I watched a lot of bad sitcoms in he, the 90s. Possibly Hispanic, possibly Italian guy. Yeah. yeah. He was in the airport in L.A. It was fantastic. That's a good That's a good spot. That was a good one. Uh, you know this one to be true because you recognize him. Jesse Van- Ventura has a cameo in the film. Yes. So does Corey Haim, Be On The Lookout. Around an hour and two minutes in, he's briefly visible as a biker gang member. Why uh, didn't if, you point that out? Uh, yeah, we should go back and check that out. I totally, it totally slipped my mind because I got focused on Nicky Cat. Uh, oh, yeah. So Nicky Cat, in two Batman movies, he's the shotgun SWAT team member in The Dark Knight. Yes. That's driving with Jim Gordon. Yep. And he's the evil biker in this movie that, in order to win a race... Attempts to murder two people, which I think is a bit extreme. A little bit. You'll know him as uh, the dude from Boiler Room that gets his, he's all butthurt because uh, the other guy's doing better than him. Uh, also, he's Clint from Dazed and Confused, yep. dominant male monkey motherfucker that beats up. Does he have a mullet in that? No. He's got a like a sort of a rat mustache, like a little, mm, you know. Like yours? And he just beats the hell out of Adam Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Arnold loves smoking cigars. He, in fact, does it in this movie. Now, again, I'm not a scientist, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So Arnold had the crew paint his cigars white so he could smoke them during his scenes. Obviously true. Take a guess who those cigars were delivered by. It was blue, not white. Okay, well, they're painted. Maybe it was the hue. and the. Yeah. I, I got to give Thunder credit for this. As we were watching and just riffing, on the movie uh he said those cigars aren't from cuba they're north poles which almost killed me <laughs> and i'll say uh i'll say since they were north poles they were delivered by santa claus nope john bon jovi what do you mean john bon jovi came to visit arnold on the set uh as i've learned over researching a few of these arnold movies like at his peak he was extremely popular and everybody seemed to love working with him and love being around him. Bon Jovi? And people, no, Arnold. Oh. So people loved coming to see him on set. And John Bon Jovi came and delivered him a bunch of Cuban cigars. Who doesn't love Arnold? Uh, Maria Schreiber. That's okay. All right. <laughs> yep. Continue. Arnold's makeup artist, true or false? Now, this is his makeup artist, Jeff Don. Uh, he won an Oscar for his work on T2. Uh, in that movie, he did the Frozen T-1000 scene. In the Frozen T-1000 scene, they use specialized paint that they custom made. True or false? This is a Terminator 2 trivia question? Yeah, I threw this in because this is amazing to me. False. False. You know what it was? It was fucking Christmas tree flocking. What's flocking? Whatever you spray paint Christmas trees with. To turn them green? Yeah, uh, or whatever color. Or like if it's a Christmas tree that's supposed to look snowy. 
They spray painted Arnold. They spray painted uh, <laughs> Robert Patrick with Christmas tree flocking. Robert Patrick. So the guy says, "This Wait, is the T1000's makeup in that is just spray paint." Remember when he's frozen and he shoots him? He says, "Hasta la vista, baby." Oh, with the when the truck crashes yeah. and it sprays him. So with like, yeah, they yeah. spray painted him with potentially very hazardous materials. And so Jeff Don says That's about hilarious. it. This is back in the days when you kind of looked at the can. And if there's no major skull and crossbones on it, you think, this is okay to spray on someone's face. Nowadays, it's a whole different ballgame when it comes to safety and safety data sheets and all that. But back then, you could smell it and go, it's extremely flammable, and there's some smoke skull and crossbones down here, but I think we'll be okay. That's a great quote. This was back in the days when we just gave everybody cancer, because fuck it. That is crazy to me. Let's just, hey... Are you the makeup guy? Yeah. What uh, what kind of effects should we use to make him look like he's frozen? I had a fucking can of acrylic we can just use. Yeah. Did, don't you think they learned? Didn't the Tin Man get a some sort of horrible reaction to the paint they used hey, on hey him? Hey, kid, and... after you're done tagging that bridge, can you paint our star here? Yeah. I know you're wearing a mask, but he'll he'll be fine. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Didn't the Tin Man die from like a chemical re- chemical reaction to the paint they used in The Wizard of Oz? All I know is that someone was hanging in the original version of Wizard of Oz. So a lot of dark shit was happening on that set. Yeah, a lot of dark shit. Uh, so f- true or false, Mr. Freeze had an entire 11-person unit dedicated just to him for a prep that took four hours in the morning. I think you said that true. Yeah, it's true. Arnold shaved his head for the film. False. It was a bald cap. He did wear a bald cap. That added a few hours to prep. I'm killing it. I think I'm back to 500. Uh, this is my favorite one, and this is the last true or false before we then get into our uh, scale. It is the lights in Arnold's mouth were added in post as a digital effect. True or false? And you often asked about why is his mouth glowing in only certain scenes. It's not every scene. No, I don't think it was added after. I think he it looked like he had something in his mouth. So false what it looked like it, he was at a rave it was false it was an led light that made delivering lines for him a real problem it was also just like spray painting the poor t1000 with christmas tree flocking dangerous so same guy jeff don says when you put it in arnold's mouth arnold's saliva would creep into the seams of this thing and attack the batteries the batteries would immediately start disintegrating and start putting out battery acid into arnold's mouth Arnold would then be go around shouting, it tastes like shit, what's in my mouth? Here's a question. What, and this was before they could say that's what she said, what is wrong with his saliva that it was eating through plastic casings? I don't know, man, but that's crazy that he's just sitting there taking in battery acid. So they're just spray painting people and putting battery acid in yeah. people's mouths in so, the 90s? So the workaround was they'd pack the whole device into a tiny balloon, but that would kill the batteries in about 20 minutes. Uh, so that that would lead to frequent stops, and obviously since Arnold took so long in the chair and he only had 12 hours on set a day, that created a bunch of problems. Oh, here's a question. Why did his mouth need to blink blue? It seemed like a worthless effect in retrospect, especially since it's only in like certain scenes. According to Don, he said, Arnold is sitting there in this incredibly uncomfortable suit, and it's costing us $5,000 a minute to wait. <laughs> Good for Arnold. So again, I'll uh, I'll post that Hollywood Reporter article to our Twitter. There's some other good tidbits in there um, about it's basically an oral history. It's them talking to the cast and crew of the movie about sort of their experience making it. Uh, so that's the end of True or False.
I think it kind of neat that way. Oh, yeah, we're doing true or false from here. So I'll, I'll keep doing that, and we'll get into our uh, ranking scale next. So we'll be right back. Okay, we are back on Hops and Box Office Flops, our third segment. And I want to know where do Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze rank on the poorly translated, preposterous, nausea-inducing villain scale? Now, this time the ranking is reversed. All right, a five is the most poorly translated villain. So they're the worst villain. A one is, yeah, they were terrible, but they're not a five. Why'd you switch the numbers? Because Why can't one just be the worst? Because, you know, it's you're going from bad to bad, worst, worst. That's why I switched. You can't one. change things on me. I'm listen, very simple. You know. Listen, butt chin Batman. We gotta we gotta get into you this. You leave my fucking chin out of this. All right. So number one, two face and Batman Forever. A beyond cartoonish depiction of the character that nearly makes the Riddler look like the straight man of the repugnant comedy duo. You're saying Tommy Lee Jones is the worst of all time? No, he's he's the one. So the worst is going to be the five. Oh, I thought he was the five. No, he's the one. Because I want to build, you know. Oh, like, so he's not that bad. We got to build. Yeah, he's bad, but he's not that bad. All right, I got you. I mean, I don't like him. Number two, Galactus in Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yes. Even depicting Galactus as a giant poop particle cloud isn't as off-putting as other villains on this list. I never saw that. How does my boy uh, Chickless come off? Pretty good still? No, those movies are abysmal. Fuck you. Number three, did you see Green Lantern? Uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Did not. Okay, so number three is Hector Hammond in Green Lantern. An angry testicle with psychic powers lights Tim Robbins on fire. Are you describing Howard the Duck? No, but literally this guy's head looks like a giant testicle. It's very strange. <laughs> Good Lord. Number four, Rhino in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Just watch, this, just watch the movie. Watch the end scene. See what the hell they do with that character. And then get back to me. Wow. And number five, Doctor Doom in 2015's Fantastic Four. He represents zero of the elements that make Doctor Doom great. He's just a generic green guy with psychic powers. And considering his absolutely broken power set, how the fuck did he lose to the Fantastic Four? Was he the guy from Nip Tuck? No, that's the one in the Chickless version. Yeah. He's Toby Kevill. Oh, well, Doctor Doom is played by the guy from Nip Tuck in Fantastic Four. But the 2015 Doctor Doom is Toby Kevill, who's like a nebbish hacker who somehow becomes evil after getting stuck in this weird phantom zone and then has psychic powers and the movie's awful. Don't assume I've seen what movie? The, what Fantastic Four. Don't assume I've seen the Fantastic Four from 2015 or that I know what the word nebbish means. You know, like a nerd. Oh. He's a hacker and his like screen name is Doom or something. What a nerd. Man, I can't relate to this scale, but... How bad were these villains? Just don't like the... They're the worst of all the Batman villains for sure, so... Yes. Definitely worse than Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. Yep. Definitely. I agree. Now, I read that he was... Schumacher was sort of going for, like, a 1966 Batman feel. But whatever they were going for just doesn't work in this movie at all. Here's what... I'll, I'll tell you this. I'd put... Arnold is not that bad, so maybe Arnold's a two. 
Bane. So Poison Ivy alone is close to a five. I thought she was terrible. But Poison Ivy with Bane brings her back down to like a three. Poison Ivy with Inspector Bangit. Inspector <laughs> really, Gadget Bane. It really boosts her because on her own, she is just terrible. But with Howard the Duck Bane, she's probably like a three. So She's probably like, well, if you couple her with Bane, yeah, I'd say somewhere in the middle. Arnold, I would, I would put ahead of Two-Face. But it really is. It's very depressing to me that, you know, we get him in one superhero movie. And it's this just steaming pile of goop. I'll put as far as like who gets a five, whoever that fucking reviewer is that called Alicia Silverstone Babe the pig, that motherfucker's a five. That guy's a five for sure. That guy should have been fired. You know, there's a point where being uh, professionalism and journalism is very important, even in entertainment journalism. And I remember an article that came out when it was rumored that Ben Affleck was no longer going to be Batman before uh, Batman anymore. He was gone. Uh, this was, I think two comic cons ago. Uh, it was just before they were justice league hadn't come out yet. And the guy says in the article, like, well, you know, he hasn't treated his body that well and he kind of looks terrible. So maybe this isn't the worst thing. It's like, who are you to comment on what Ben Affleck is looking like these days? Like I understand they put themselves out there in the public and they make money off it. So, you can comment about that stuff, but it's, it's you just kind of live by that. Make you can if you're gonna make fun or poke fun at something, make fun of what people do, not what they are. It's yeah, kind of physical up. appearance is a uh, risky, a dicey thing to attack about a person. Yeah, it's sort of stepping over a boundary. Yeah, it said Ben Affleck hasn't hadn't exactly treated his body as a temple. It's like, well, you know. I guess, but is that your place to say it? Maybe like, well, it sucks to lose him. You know, like it sucks to lose him as Batman, but the physical roles of the, you know, the physical demands of the role could be a bit much for a guy pushing 50. That's a little more diplomatic way to say it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he did it on purpose to show that Batman's just getting old and out of shape and he's trying to. uh, I'll miss his Batman. So I liked him. He's an old grizzled Batman and I liked it. No comment. So that is uh, that's our scale. So it's a, it's a tough scale. There's a lot of bad comic book movie villains as it turns out. So it could have been a very large scale. Uh you know, Catwoman's villain, pretty terrible. Howard Saint in The Punisher, which we one day will cover, is John Travolta at his hammiest. Hammiest. I mean, he is he's got a super bad wig on and he's at, way over the top. Uh, Jigsaw in The Punisher Warzone. Not not great. And as you told me, and I never knew, the Freddie Prince thing, that was out of nowhere. Freddie Prince Jr. read for that, and they liked him. He, he should have gotten the role. Did. I would have actually preferred that because uh, I forget the guy's name that got it. Obviously, it's on the wire, and he's in 300 as the evil senator that commits a terrible act against King uh, Leonidas's wife. But he's all over the place. You've seen him before, but he's not good in the Punisher War Zone. I think it's the material, but who knows. So we'll come back, uh, six degrees, and then recommendations. So I hope you've uh, prepared better this time. And don't even throw Jeep Swenson at me. You know I know he's in Bulletproof. No, I got I got a theme for this one. I'm, I've okay, been thinking you got it. a theme for it. Yeah. All right, so we'll be right back with six degrees. All right, we're back for our final segment of Hops and Box Office Flops. 
it's six degrees of movie separation. Just to cover it again, if you haven't heard the show before, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? You got to connect two actors in six movies or less based upon movies they share with other actors. So I actually love this segment. It's my, one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, allows me to flex my movie nerd muscles. So who do you got? All right. This is going to be the gyms. I want you to do Jim Gordon. Pat from, Hingle? From this movie, Pat okay. Hingle, to Jim Gordon from the Nolan movies. To Jim Gordon from the Nolan movies. Serious Black. Okay, to Gary Oldman. So Pat Hingle to Gary Oldman. Pat Hingle to Gary Oldman. The Jim Gordon's Challenge. And uh, it's very, very on theme for this segment. And if you get to this too quickly, I will have a follow-up. Okay, that's fair. I think I'll be able to do it um, pretty easily. I legit haven't seen Pat Hingle in anything but as Commissioner Gordon. Well, that's the thing. I'm just going to use one of the other Batman movies. That's not this one. Yeah, you got to use one of the Burton ones probably. Yeah, which I think would be a lot easier. But Oldman's been in a bunch of stuff. If you can find a way to use Tiptoes, I'll give you bonus points. Oh, Tiptoes. Tiptoes, if you haven't seen it, is Gary Oldman as a dwarf. It is not a good movie. Oh, Uh, I beg to differ. You have to see it because there's parts of it where he's... You know, they're showing him on a couch. <laughs> it's clear. It's just Gary. In a couch? <laughs> Gary Oldman sitting in a couch with fake legs. Tiptoes is one of the. It begs the question why they didn't hire a dwarf actor as the lead because um, Tyrion Lannister, uh, Peter Dinklage, is in the movie. So. <laughs> it's uh, it's fascinating to watch that movie. It's absolutely fascinating. Okay, so again, we are. It's Pat Hingle, too. Serious Gary Black. Oldman. What was his character's name in The Professional? Oh, I don't remember. Underrated movie. Uh, actually, not underrated. Underwatched, probably. Oh, okay. I got it now. You just sparked uh, my mind there. So if we went to The Professional with... Uh, you can't... Jean Reno. Yeah. Uh, from Oldman to Reno in The Professional. Jean Reno to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise oh, to... Damn it. Uh... Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, Nicholson to Hingle in Batman. That was too easy. Damn it. Yeah. I All wanted right. to use Tiptoes, to be fair, but... That's it. All right. Here's what you're getting. Because and I definitely would have went through Dinklage because he's in tons of stuff. All right. That was the Jim Gordon challenge. Now it's the Catwoman challenge. The Catwoman challenge. Okay. You get Michelle Pfeiffer to Holly Berry. Michelle Pfeiffer's not in this movie, though. I don't give a shit. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer to Holly Berry? It's just a theme. Oh, okay. It's a Batman theme. What do you want me to do? Find like an actor that's in all the movies, like Hingle? What actor was in all four okay. of these Batman movies? I got it. Besides, was Alfred the same Alfred? Are you ready? Holly Berry to... Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, to Michelle Pfeiffer to... Um, darn it, what's his name? Oh, dude, I got this. Yeah. I'll do it right now. Okay. No, I won't. Oh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, in Monsters Ball, Billy Bob Thornton to uh, Bruce Willis in Bandits, Bruce Willis to Michelle Pfeiffer in This Is Us. No, that's not the name of the movie. What is it? Life, um, Life as We Know It. Uh, something. Hudson Hawk. Maybe it's Life as We Know It. I don't know. It's a movie about their like lives as a married couple. 
I take this as disrespect. Maybe I could do something else since that I can't remember the easy. name of that movie. So Holly Berry to Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, fuck it. Here we go. I got it. It's the Robin Challenge. The Robin Challenge. Okay. So Chris O'Donnell to uh, the guy that's going to be Robin from uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So Chris O'Donnell to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There you go. Robin Challenge. Get some. Okay. Chris O'Donnell, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. All right. Uh, Chris O'Donnell, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Chris O'Donnell. You're about to get the Batman Challenge. Okay. The, the I'm Bat- about to get the Batman Challenge. All right. We'll do Robin first. Chris O'Donnell, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was such a cheesy Robin stinger, by the way, in The Dark Knight Rises. But he's going to become Bat- Robin, right? Or is he going to become I mean, Batman? The, assu- the assumption is he's actually going to become Batman because Batman retired and also suffered no effects from a nuclear explosion. Nuclear? Yeah. They're not just going to show... Or they're not... Like the next Batman The movie, next scene with Batman would have been him with nuclear burns all over his body nuclear. because he was like 300 feet away from the explosion. They're not just going to... It's such a stupid ending. They're not just going to... Like the next Batman's not just going to... Well, Nolan's not doing the next Batman, right? He's done. No, he's done. It's Matt Reeves. Who's Matt Reeves? He did War for the Planet of the Apes and uh. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which are both just fantastic. Yeah, those are great. Well, he, like, is he picking up right where Nolan left off? No. It's, a, it's supposed to be, it was originally supposed to be loosely connected to the current universe, which would be Batman versus Superman, but they're recasting Batman, so. Are they uh, rebooting it? Like They might be rebooting it. Which Come sucks because I loved uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and I really love uh, the guy they had as Commissioner Gordon, you know, J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man with Sam Raimi's Spider-Mans. See, my brain's not as sharp today. There's no way I shouldn't remember his name. Oh, Jim, wait, who did, uh, who the hell did series Black play? I thought he was Gordon. He was Gordon. But in Batman versus Superman, or in Justice League, it's a different guy. Because that's a different Superman's universe. boss? No, he's Jim Gordon. And or Spider-Man's yeah, boss? Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. The guy from, uh, what's that drummer movie? Yeah, from Whiplash. Whiplash? Yeah, probably one of my favorite movies the past Isn't 10 years. is the guy's name like J.J. something? I, I don't know why J.K. 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 Simmons. J. Ugh. I won't say J.K. Rowling. All right, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt to Chris O'Donnell. J.G.L. And as far as Chris O'Donnell movies, I know he was in that rom-com about getting married. The Bachelor with Artie Lang. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that's actually where my mind stops on Chris Oh, O'Donnell. well, Renee Zellweger's in The Bachelor, right? So that opens things up quite a bit. What is Chris O'Donnell Got it. been in? Ready? Oh, God. So Chris O'Donnell to Renee Zellweger in The Bachelor. Renee, Renee Zellweger to Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Tom Cruise to... Uh, wait, I screwed it up. That's not the right way. Okay, so let me get back to it. So it's Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Because I was going to say Tom Cruise to... To get to Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. I, for some reason, I was going to go through... I was going to go through uh, Austin Powers 3. <laughs> was Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there? No. So that doesn't work. Get to Bruce Willis, because he was in Jumper, wasn't he? JGL. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was in Jumper? No, Hayden Christensen was in Jumper. What's the movie where him and Bruce Willis time travel? Looper. Fucking, was Bruce Willis in that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I nailed it. Looper, like I said. So. Some sort of verb about moving. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm having trouble right now. 
I gotta, I gotta figure this. I'm out. I'm getting you all messed up with these themed ones. Yeah, this is and we also got off track talking about Batman movies. Did we? We did. Sounds like you're just weak today. I am a little weak today. If your kid would sleep, it would probably help. That would definitely help. I could watch you struggle with this mentally. I all never night. sleep anymore. This is good for the podcast. Just you um, thinking in your head. Yeah, it's it's going really well. Uh, this is about as good as the first one I did. Yeah, it usually it, it happens so fast. I'm just going to name random actors you have to use in this. Bokeem Woodbine. Well, no, don't start throwing things at me. Uh, no. Chris O'Donnell. I'm try- I'll, I'll name Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies. You'll name <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> well, 500 Days of Summer, that awesome movie, The Night Before, which I love. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Here we go. Ooh, you know what? You could wasn't Renee Zellweger and was he? She and me, myself and Irene. Yes, Jim you could, Carrey. Yeah, you could. Well, yeah, you could use Jim Carrey, or you could use um, Anthony Edwards. I had one with Jim Carrey. Wasn't Not it? Anthony Edwards. Who's the uh, African American gentleman? Anthony. He's on. Um, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Yeah. Wasn't he one of the sons in He's there? He's one of the sons. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is a uh, goose. I understand who Anthony Edwards is. Uh, so let's go. We'll go to Zellweger to Tom Cruise in Jerry Maguire. Or actually, let's go Zellweger to Jim Carrey in Me, Myself, and Irene. Jim Carrey to Zoe Deschanel in Yes Man. Zoe Deschanel to Joseph Gordon Levitt in 500 Days of Summer. There you go, bud. Yeah. Oh. Yes Man. Uh, good pool. Oh, man. Do you want the Batman challenge? Yeah, I, we could do it. Why the hell not? All right. I'm going to give you the two. That one, I struggled there. That was bad. I'll give you the two best Batman. Val Kilmer. Okay. You know, I love Kilmer, despite his onset behaviors. Val Kilmer to George Clooney. I mean, these are sort of stupid because you could just say Michael Gow. Huh? Because Alfred's the same in all four movies. You can't use Batman <laughs> movies, though. All right. So Kilmer to Clooney. Kilmer to Clooney, no Batman movies. Kilmer to Clooney, yeah. that's what you want. Is it too easy? Well, no, I don't. I mean, I got to think about it for a second, but I'm sure it's going to be easy. You can't use Tom Cruise in all these. I, I won't. Know, I know you want to. Uh, why don't I just go Kilmer to Michael Douglas in The Ghost in the Darkness? Underrated hunting film. Uh, we'll go Michael Douglas to. So I got to get to Kilmer. Michael Douglas too. When you say Michael Douglas, the first thing I think of is that he claimed to have gotten throat cancer from. Yeah, don't nope. Don't say that. Okay. <laughs> no, well, Google it, friends. Google <laughs> yeah. it. Not see, he's not a doctor either. Google Michael as Douglas, to why so. Mike Doug thinks he got uh, throat cancer. It's fascinating. It's a, it's an interesting take on how you get cancer, and it's not at all scientifically sound you're just not doing enough research so wait i'm going to george clooney that's correct okay i'm going to george clooney and i can't use any of the batman movies obviously no and you have to use um my favorite guilty pleasure one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies with george clooney that i watch on airplanes up in the air i have to use up in the air (laughs) no you don't have to but it's fantastic. Up in the Air is a great movie. 
That's Love a Jason it. Reitman movie. Uh, if you don't know him, he's going to reboot Ghostbusters. Uh, son of Ivan Reitman. And he's done a lot of great movies. So, Yeah? yeah. What's your answer? Gosh, I'm really not good today. Walk so. me through your thought process on Kilmer. Where are you going to start? What's his? So I started uh, with The Ghost in the Darkness with Michael Douglas, but I feel like that's sort of a mistake. Come on, use Top Gun. I can use Top Gun if you yes, want. Of course I want you to use Top Gun. All right, well, fine. I'll use Top Gun and I'll say... Uh, Can't use Tom Cruise, though. Got to use Top Gun. Can I use no Tom Skerritt? Yeah, you can always use Tom Skerritt. All right, I'll just go to Tom Skerritt uh, and Top you mean Gun. mean Viper? Yeah, Skerritt to Sigourney Weaver and Alien. Sigourney Weaver goes to... I have to get to George Clooney, so... No, you have to use... Uh, Michael Ironside. I have to use Michael Ironside? Or Sundown. You can use... Fine, I'll use Michael Ironside. You can use Ironside. Well, Sundown you, is... You, Trevette. It's Trevette, and it's also... So you'd go to Die Hard. So Kilmer to... Oh, yeah. To Trevette. I don't know his real name. Doesn't um, matter. He's Sundown. Sundown. And then... So that goes to Die Hard, which gives you Bruce Willis. No, it's too easy. You have to use... The guy that does cocaine with the beard. <laughs> oh, I forget his name. You have to use uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman? Okay, fine. And you have to use uh, Love Actually. Oh, fine. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> All right. So so now I've gone from Kilmer uh-huh. to who? Trevette. To Trevette. Yeah. And, my... and so that's... Die Hard, he goes to Rickman. Rickman, so there's two. And I have to use Love Actually. It's two. Now, no, you don't have to. You can use any Rickman movie. I I, prefer Love Actually. I'll use Love Actually. There's a lot of famous people in there. I can use Liam Neeson. Yeah, or Colin Firth. Yeah, or Liam Neeson. Yeah, so I'll do... I'll do Liam Neeson... Oh, no. Man, I'm struggling with George Clooney. Use Hugh Grant, you big pussy. Fine, I'll use Hugh Grant... Who connects to? Who are we trying to get to? Uh, George Clooney. I'm dying. I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to get it. Let's let's do a Clooney movie. What's a Clooney movie we can start uh, with? Monuments Men. Uh, out of sight. Out of sight with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, that's that's got to be an easy one. That's a good one. So uh, I keep forgetting where we're getting. So Val my Kilmer. brain is all twisted up. So from Val Kilmer to Clooney, if you use Jennifer Lopez. I'm not letting you off the hook here. Um. Jennifer Lopez. All right. So then you go to Made in Manhattan. Yes. With Ralph Fiennes. Who's oh. in Schindler's List with Liam Neeson. Who's in Love Actually with... Boom. Rickman. Well played. Trivet. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Well, and you used... Nice. With yeah. all those requirements. That was, uh, that man, was a good I'm, one. I guess I did four of them, though, so that's a little mentally taxing. Don't give yourself any credit. Yeah. All right, so uh, recommendations. What do you got? Similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was your worst performance. Fair enough, yes. You start. I got a... I was cold. Yeah. Oh, well played. Yeah. Good good punch. So my recommendations, I have two. I said I'd watch Triple Frontier. I did. Uh, it's not a perfect heist movie, but I enjoyed it, and it's free on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, why not watch it? I think it's wonderfully shot. I think it's pretty well acted. <clears throat> I have some issues with central plot points, but the movie stuck with me, 
after I watched it. So I do think it is worth a go. I mean, the cast is just tremendous. Pedro Pascal, uh, Charlie Hunnam, Ben uh, Affleck. Your brain is just fried. It's fried. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, Oscar Isaac and the guy from Tron, like Garrett Hedlund. It's a, it's, it's a good movie. It, it's a nice looking movie and, and it, and it, well, it has an effect. It's a powerful little film. And I thought it was, I thought it was, it's a worth a watch, especially since you don't have to leave your house to go see it. You might as well do it. My second recommendation, I saw Shazam uh, at the early screening. I think it's another win for DC. It's another trend in the right direction. What do you mean another win for DC? What was the first one? Well, I think Aquaman is a lot of fun. Wonder Woman's obviously awesome. Uh, you know, for those of us who are cool, we know that Batman versus Superman reigns supreme is the greatest superhero movie ever made. Jesus. So it's a select club, but did you, that's what the I, best what did, kinds of clubs. What did I recommend last time? Uh, did I, I do I Afterlife with Ricky Gervais? You did. All right, here's one. I was talking to someone about... Uh, I am very late to the game on this, sorry, but I just started watching The Wire. No spoilers, please. Just started watching The Wire. Didn't have HBO growing up. But um, I was talking to someone about Idris Elba and how I just think he's a fantastic actor. Uh, Great show he's in that not a lot of people have seen is Luther. It was on BBC, short series about him being a detective. I think there's two or three seasons. But again, like all those shows on BBC, it's the perfect amount of episodes. Like six episodes. Six episodes each season, so you don't get sick of it. Watch Luther. That's an underrated, like, procedural, cop procedural, crime drama, whatever you want to call it. It's just fantastic. Well, considering he's probably going to be dead shot, if you're not really familiar with him, which I'd find a little difficult to believe because he is, I mean, people love him, and he's all over the place, and he's he's uh, an actor that works consistently. Uh, but check f- that show because it is good. The first thing I saw him in was um, The Boss in The Office. Where he comes in, where from, he takes no shit from Michael. He comes in from Sadakoy still, yeah, and uh, and then I found out he was British, and I about pooped, and then I saw the uh, show Luther and watched it, and it was just solid. If you're looking for a film to of his that you should never watch, it's The Dark Tower. Oh my god! First of all, he's fine. That movie is is. I didn't oh. read the books. You read the. Books. I read all the books. They're some of my favorite books. I really hope the Amazon show redeems it. And if it does, and I can come out of my super depression that movie put me in about the property, I was we'll confused. do that movie because that movie is. Did stories come out about why it was so? Oh yeah, like, that, there's a lot of director med- uh, studio meddling and emasculating of the director and everything else that went into that. Gotcha. So so there you go. Mine was a bit of a throwback. Uh, Thunder is trying to make me watch uh, Frontier. Maybe I'll give you guys a little review next time. Yeah, watch Triple Frontier. Uh, and look for my resi- my review on revengeofthefans.com for Shazam. Obviously, this is recording on a Sunday. This will air later in the week, so it'll probably be up already. I liked it. It's a solid B. I uh, won't get into any of the plot details or anything like that because the movie doesn't come out for two weeks, but it's fun. It's got a lot of heart. It does feel like big in a way, but at the same time, you know, you can't go back to being a kid. And I think that's what ends up being the most powerful parts about it is that yeah, you're a kid, but now you've been given a gift and you have to use it because things depend on that. So 
Uh, solid B only because I f- it felt a little overstuffed like Aquaman did. I'll have to see it again because I'm leaning towards a B plus, but at the same time, it could remain just a B on a second viewing. It could go to a B plus. Either way, you'll enjoy it. It's fun. It's light. It's funny. Uh, any movie with kid actors, you can worry about some things, but the kid actors here all do a very good job. And the kid from It is phenomenal. Oh, and just so you don't think I'm being gratuitous by going by Master Dick this episode, uh, Dick Grayson is the name of Robin, and Alfred calls him Master Dick in the movie, which is just hilarious. There's a lot of funny dialogue and not a lot of good puns, despite how many they use. Oh, that was a true and false I forgot to uh, ask you. But just offhand, how many puns do you think Arnold used in this movie? In total. Um, north of 15. 27. <laughs> All right. So we'll leave Nailed you at that. Uh, remember, Hops and Box Office Flops. You can find us on Twitter at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at Writer TLK. Uh, we'd love if you'd give us some reviews on whatever platform you listen. Always go back to RevengeOfTheFans.com for all sorts of great content. Uh, there's tons of new podcasts every week. And, you know, they're churning stuff out. So take a look. We, would, we really would appreciate some reviews and any feedback. You know, if we think there's things that we could do better, there's segments you think we can tweak, let us know. And right. similar to last time, I'm going to disagree. I don't want any ratings, no <laughs> reviews. I don't. I want to protect my anonymity. Just uh, leave it alone. Nobody listen to this. I and, appreciate uh, it. Next week, Major League Two, kickoff baseball season. I'll be wearing my special Pedro Serrano jersey with my Joe Boo t-shirt, and we'll be drinking rum because it is very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum. Unbelievable. Very bad. See you next time.